from the Motor City, Detroit, Michigan, the gimmick table, always bringing the heat, here they are, the Brothers of the D. Welcome back. This is the gimmick table, and I'm Big Ben. And I'm the Dan Brewer. And we are the Brothers of the D. We got an exciting show for you today. And let's get it going. Let's bring the heat. Let's start it off. Monday Night Raw. Another Becky Lynch saga with this whole WrestleMania debacle. Thanks, orchestrated by Vincent Kennedy McMahon. And uh, it was a tag team match. Uh, Ronda Rousey and Natalia versus Ruby Riot and Sarah Logan of the Riot Squad. And in the middle of the match, um, Becky Lynch makes an appearance and uh, decides to... Natty tried to uh, stop her, tell her to reason with her, and, of course, you know, Becky, uh, being Becky, uh, decides to uh, take her matters in her hands and use a crutch and start to go after... Rhonda, and then uh, as it ensues, uh, they take her away, and we eventually find out she gets arrested there in Atlanta. And then Rhonda grabs a microphone and demands Vincent Kennedy McMahon to come to the ring right now. And of course, Vince doesn't uh, come out. Stephanie comes out, and uh, she demands that Becky Lynch to be reinstated. And and added to the match at WrestleMania. So earlier in the match, Corey Graves kind of set it up. He said that Triple H had mentioned if Becky appears again, she'll be arrested for trespassing. So that was kind of already set up earlier in the match by Corey Graves. I'm sure he was fed that line at Gorilla from either Vince or, or Hunter. So Becky came out through the crowd with her one crutch, gets in the ring, Natty's trying to convince her to, and she attempts to assault Be- uh, Natalia yeah. with the crutch, and then try so to, and then the, Ronda tries to interfere and stop her, and then that's when Ronda starts demanding. So then the police came, took or as I have in air quotes, the police came, took Becky out. Ronda was helping Natty up the ramp to the back, and then she just kind of had a look on her face like it's enough, this enough, enough, and got enough. back in the ring. Yep. Wanted Vince to come out. Stephanie comes out. And Stephanie made some points that Rhonda and Becky are a lot alike. That they both are do what they want. They're stubborn. And said, your WrestleMania opponent is Charlotte. And Rhonda went on to say, you handpicking my opponent is disrespecting this title. She lays the title down and leaves. Yes. So she left the title in the ring. So Tuesday night on SmackDown, Charlotte comes out, talks about how Ronda disrespected the title by leaving it in the ring and said the Queen is coming to Raw next week to claim her the Raw championship. Women's Championship that the McMahons are going to give to her. So we're looking for next week when she comes out on Raw and she is expecting them to give her the title. That Ronda left hey, in the ring. The way things are going right now, <laughs> it's a daggum good possibility that Vince McMahon hands her the Raw Women's Championship just to add to more fuel to this fire that he's created uh, surrounding this main event match for WrestleMania. And I agree. And I think 
the way they're going with Becky is I think you're going to see Becky on another the Daniel Bryan year that he main evented WrestleMania where he had to fight Triple H earlier in the night to get in. Yeah. So my idea of the unifying the titles might still happen uh, with Asuka and Becky earlier in the night. There's going to be some match to get Becky into the main event, and I still think the only person you can put her against, Asuka tapped her out. She's got to make Asuka tap out. Yeah. It's the full circle. If that's the way they're going to do it, with your guess and your hunch that – could possibly work unless they use natty uh, with her beating natty up with a crutch which i think will totally be bad writing by wwe i think if you're going to unify the title creative has made some mistakes if you're going to unify the titles and make the women's division one big women's division not split between the brands then you need one title and not saying that you might later on introduce a secondary t- a TV, a women's tv title or something but do you need both a Raw and SmackDown title if they're wrestling on both shows? No. So maybe early in the night she wins. The if you want to, they just want to continue to do the brand split. Let it, let the men have the brand split and just let the women just wrestle on both shows. You've got enough talent. You're bringing the talent up. You're still not using, you're still not using Nikki Cross and Lacey Evans yet. Lacey Evans, I don't think it's even gotten a ring even in a live event. Lacey Evans tapped out to Natty on main event. Okay, so I don't. <laughs> that's her first match, I guess. I haven't. Even, I missed that one. Uh, I know Nikki's been on live events a lot, uh, doing the live events uh, tour. But you know, creative is like I said before. It, they're making some crazy mixed up storylines right now, and you're leaving your main event of WrestleMania so far wide open and so screwed up. So monkey, um, um, murky, it's it's crazy, and the saga continues every week, and fast lane is fast approaching, no pun intended, and you got to get things squared away for WrestleMania. I think, like I said, I think they're going to leave it to last minute. I think that as always, that's the way they've been doing it since Rumble. Vince likes to do it big, and and they like to recycle storylines. Like this is the Stone Cold storyline of getting arrested. Going against what what you know, Vince corporate is, says. Vince has got his influence back in it again. So I I really think they're combining the Stone Cold and the Daniel Bryan storyline here with Becky because they don't really know how to get her back in that match. So if they have her after they screwed up. So if they have her lead off, um, you know, first match out against Oscar at Mania, Oscar taps out to her. She wins the title, and she gets added to that match, and then it becomes a unification match. Or they go the route of Natty. I can see him doing that and screwing it up, having her beat Natty, which really isn't to me. That yeah, Natty just <laughs> just because she's best friends, quote unquote, with Ronda Rousey. That's why she was in this tag team match, and then tried to reason with Becky, and then Becky hits her with the crutches, uh, the crutch. But uh, you know, you can't. Natty is nowhere. Granted, she's you know the veteran of the group of the division but you, you can't put her in this murky mess that they got for this main event and you, you just can't and you kind of need another oscar becky match too because you know becky did tap out to her so if you bring her in in a horrible it wasn't even i don't even think 10 minutes the it, match was just like so diluted so and it was whole horrible i, I could be, rumble but i could be way off but i i 
We're just we're our opinions are the best. What we think is best for business, and what's going on right now is definitely not best for business. But if you have her tap Oscar out at Mania, she says, "Look, I tapped her out. I'm I'm the SmackDown champion." Then you have a unification match in the main event. I, like I said, I could be way off, but I I, I think my storytelling is is pretty good when it comes to uh, ideas, and I think that would be another way to step up that main event. And I truly believe that if Becky has to beat Ronda Rousey, because you got to keep Charlotte hot after Mania, because if Ronda's leaving, whether it's right after Mania or shortly after Mania, you need to have Charlotte and Becky, which will be your feud going forward, for the Hot. rest of the year, yeah. So I definitely think that Becky has to beat Ronda. At, at, for the longest time, I said, oh, she's going to beat Charlotte. That means it's going to keep Becky, you know, you know, Becky look at, or uh, Ronda looking tough. But she's got to beat Ronda because you've got to have that Charlotte-Becky match to continue. Moving and, forward to carry that division. And Charlotte to, can play off that, well, you didn't beat me. Right, yeah. And you can continue that on for the rest of the year to whenever, if Ronda's just taking a short time off or she's taking an extended period of time off, which is, that's uncertain. We all know it's been announced that she's taking time off after Mania, but we don't know how long that will be. So you definitely got to keep the fuel to the fire to this Charlotte-Becky um, rivalry that's developing, and uh, which makes good, it carried the company for the last six eight months of 2018 so and it's going to carry over into 2019 and beyond uh you got to keep it going i mean it's the top two it's your top two talent in that division and uh of course you just throw ronda rousey in the mix and uh to make it good but hopefully they can start unmerking these waters of this mania mania main event which is the main event and it's because it's getting all the sizzle and all the uh hype and uh so make it right and uh, let's get that triple threat match going for WrestleMania. And how about your boy's birthday this past week? Woo! One of my favorites all time. That was, uh, I liked it. I liked it. I liked uh, the only special guest. Uh, I have one critique of the whole thing. Uh, the one guest that I was a little mm, unclear about, but I do see why was I mean ultimately you had your special guests were Shawn Michaels, the heartbreak kid. He comes out with his nice little NXT hat on. Who and retired course, who Rick retired Flair. him at WrestleMania twenty whatever it was. Um and then you had one of the guys that he feuded with for so long, had some great matches with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. And then you had Sting, which was good to see Sting and uh which of course Sting and Flair had some great matches uh, in WCW, but that one with Kurt Angle, I just, I didn't understand, uh, the whole thing with it. Cause I don't think Ric Flair in his time of w never faced Kurt Angle, but that's just WWE throwing Kurt Angle out there to throw him out there. They did have a history in WWE and they also had a history in TNA when oh, that's Ric right. Flair, yes, was, Ric Flair in was in there. Yeah. Um, they definitely had a history there. And I, I think it was more for what happened when Raw went off the air when they did the whole, you know, cake in someone's face. And, you yeah, know, the, uh, the as everybody that goes to a WWE live event, you're usually after, if they 
for Raw and SmackDown, uh, they usually do some type of uh, fun and games, if you will. And uh, they was Kurt uh, Angle Angle slammed. Oh, was it Baron Corbin? No, Jinder Mahal. I Jinder believe Jinder Mahal. You're right. Into the big old cake. Uh, yeah. But what happened um, during the celebration? You know, they present there. This is the gift of the. They brought up the big. Uh, the WCW, the WCW, uh, ten pounds of gold uh, belt that is synonymous with Ric Flair, and, and to me is the cornerstone of what the World Heavyweight Championship is in all of professional wrestling. You looked at that's that's the that's the belt that says you are the best in the world, in my opinion, and it was a special belt. That, you know, the side pieces had I think dates or. Was it the dates of his uh, 16-time championships, I guess? Yes, it had the dates. And then so Triple H goes and introduces his friend and mentor, um, Ric Flair, and uh, Ric Flair doesn't come out. We're thinking, okay, he's going to make an even grander entrance. And then you switch to the background, into the backstage area, and you see the animal, Batista, storm into Ric Flair's dressing room. The door slams shut. Next thing you know, you see, but you hear a commotion inside that dressing room. Then you see the door swing open and Batista dragging out a uh, knocked out, unconscious, or uh, Ric Flair. And and the camera comes right to his face and he says, Do I have your attention, Hunter? And uh, this dates back to um, last year. Uh, when uh, SmackDown 1000, they had a on the 1000th episode of SmackDown, they have an um, an evolution um, reunion, if you will, and uh, Batista made some very direct and comments to Triple H, and um, so this is, I guess, stemming from that, and so. Then Triple H sees this footage and takes off to the back. And by the time he gets back there, he just sees um, some referees and a trainer attending to the Nature Boy. And um, so I believe this is setting up Triple H and Batista at WrestleMania. I agree. It's probably going to be Triple H and Batista at Mania, which I really don't want to see. But... This is Vince's way. This is Vince's way. Where you got to bring in some old dogs and and uh, have a match. Well, but this one, I think, is going to be a little. It's going to be one of those old school type, personal type matches. I think we're going to see probably. I think you'll see Triple H, Batista. You're going to see probably Shane McMahon, probably The Miz fighting him. You're going to see John Cena, um, <laughs> if John Cena's. Schedule permits it. His permission, and then I know he's hurt too as well. He's got his ankle injury flared up or something. That's why he wasn't at the Royal Rumble because he was supposed to be in the Royal Rumble match. That was storyline for Lars Sullivan, but don't even know what's going on with Lars Sullivan. Uh, Lars Sullivan's having some some issues that's holding him from making his uh, But it seems like they're kind of building up, which a John Cena R-Truth match at Mania with R-Truth doing the open challenge and R-Truth doing all of Cena's moves, the five knuckle shuffle, and everything. It looks like they're kind of setting towards maybe a R Truth John Cena match at Mania. Yeah, because R Truth got uh, on SmackDown, got into a he did an open challenge the John Cena way, and 
Ray Mysterio, or first Andrade answered the call, and then Ray Mysterio answers the call. I'm thinking, okay, maybe they're going to put the belt on Andrade when he came out, I and then Mysterio so come out. But I think Andrade, uh, I think Andrade is starting to voice his displeasure with uh, creative of WWE right now. But what I liked with that match, our truth went over on Ray, not on Andrade. Yes, to keep Andrade strong. I, yes. I do think eventually. Andrade will be the holder of that United States title or the Intercontinental title, depending on where on the show it falls. But I definitely think that uh, that's a future for Andrade. What about what happened on SmackDown? SmackDown, uh, well, of course, uh, you're referring to the contract signing for the WWE uh, championship between uh, Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston because Kofi Mania is still live and well. And Stephanie and Shane were overseeing this contract, um, this contract signing. And then just as Kofi Kingston sets down after he did his whole running through, smacking hands to the fans, he comes in, sets down, just getting ready to put the ink to the paper, and then no chance in hell comes over. And Vince comes out and pulls a patented Vincent Kennedy McMahon move. removes him from that title match and put the returning of Kevin Owens in that match. So it's going to be Kevin Owens versus Daniel Bryan at Fastlane for the WWE Championship. Well, I did enjoy that they allowed Kofi to cut a promo on Daniel Bryan, which... Kofi did. That was a heck of a promo. And New Day definitely stood up for Kofi when they replaced him. Yeah, because Kofi was... You could tell he was. You could tell in his face that he was definitely very, very pissed off. Didn't say anything, but his partners, his buddies, uh, Xavier Woods and uh, Big E, um, definitely shared their disapproval in what everybody was thinking to the McMahons. But as you've seen, that Stephanie and Shane were quite shocked themselves. Because if you've noticed a lot on SmackDown and Raw, even with – you could throw Triple H in the midst because it's the three of them. Uh, the three of them trying to run this company. Uh, Vince has been definitely undermining them and changing things that they've put into place. Because you know Shane, a week before, put Kofi Kingston in this match against Daniel Bryan for the WWE title because he has earned it. What – Vincent McMahon came out the right before Royal Rumble in the new year that we're going to listen to the WWE Universe. To me, they're still not listening to the WWE Universe. WWE Universe wants Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. The WWE Universe right now wants Kofi Mania and Kofi Kingston against Daniel Bryan. And they would love to see Kofi finally, after 11 hard years, put that belt on Kofi Kingston. But now Vince has intervened and now has put Kevin Owens in this match and removed Kofi. Well, I think they are listening to the people, but Vince has to listen to the people in his way. I think that they're trying to build a big enough story with Charlotte, Ronda, and Becky to solidify that as the main event. I I don't think anyone doubts that Becky's getting added to that match. Uh, we don't doubt that either because and we know better. We've been we've been around we've been around this business a while. We've watched this business. We just don't watch it. Like these new, I'm not taking away from y'all. These you new fans, you love this, but we go deeper kind of 
we're, we're deeper. I, I like to refer to myself the 1% of the wrestling business. And uh, we know that, yes, it's eventually going to happen. But, you know, as you the new fans of wrestling, you don't quite understand what's going on. You think, oh, she's getting arrested. She's not in the match. No, it's coming. Just, it, just be patient. It's coming. And I think the original plans was for Kevin Owens to not debut, and this would happen during the contract signing for Mania. So I think Vince and them are listening. I think that this is definitely going to open up that Kofi will get the title shot at Mania. And I think there's a good chance they're going to put the title on Kofi. I know last week I said there's no way Daniel Bryan's losing that title after making that hemp title, that they're going to run with that for a while. But as hot as Kofi Kingston is, I can see them definitely moving that match to Mania and working on putting the title on it because now Kofi's getting more merch, uh, even not just New Day merch. You know there's no. going to be a Kofi Ma- a hashtag Kofi Mania show. Yeah, you know it's coming. It's coming. So I, I think they're definitely listening to us, but Vince is like, all right, I'm going to give them what they want, but I'm, I'm going to make them earn it. Right. And I'm going to give them swerves, what, what he thinks is swerves, and do it my way, not just right, openly he give it says to he's the man. And definitely he, he's doing that lately by now removing Kofi from this match at Fastlane and then removing Becky and suspending her and putting Charlotte in the mix. And more than likely, as we think, we're thinking at Raw that he's going to give the belt to Charlotte Flair and she's going to go into Mania as the Raw Women's Champion. Since technically, Ronda did technically, when she laid it down, that's technically, it's been in the past. When you do that, you're relinquishing the title. So we'll see how this goes on next week on Raw um, you with know that else, situation. You know what else happened big on Raw that we haven't talked about yet? Roman Reigns is back. Roman Reigns is back. The big dog came back to claim his yard. So at the beginning of Raw, he got about the first half hour. Oh, he did? He come out. He thanked the fans for all their the love fans, and support. The fans welcomed him back in the way that they're – as a conquering hero comes back, that's he got his, you know, he got, he hasn't been around, you know, he hasn't been around, hasn't heard the crowd, hasn't heard that, and he definitely, uh, I'm I'm glad WWE gave him his moment, that moment to announce that announcement to the, to the WWE universe. He announced, you know, he's in remission from leukemia, and he's back, and he definitely got cheers where the... Before he left, he, he was, was getting, getting some booze. Yep, he was getting some. Yep, and I think he liked that. I think he was soaking that up a little bit. But he thanked everyone. His mom was there. His sister was there. His aunt was there. And if you know who his aunt was, that's Mama Rock. Yeah, <laughs> but he he went around and and went up and down the ramp on both sides. Went all around the way around the ring. The ring. Yep. Uh, David Arquette was there uh, for the Ric Flair. Ric Flair invited him to be there for the celebration. You know, David Arquette is is wrestling now. He actually went to wrestling school. He's trained. He's running the roads on the independent. Because he's actually a former WCW World Heavyweight Champion. Yeah, well, that's (laughs) in the past. Well, that's in the past, but yeah. But Roman Reigns, he had about a half hour. He went out there, gave his heartfelt message on how much he enjoyed the the love and support and the shout-outs when he was gone. And, And he wasn't a fan of mine creatively. Like I, I, I thought that they were shoving him down our throats a little bit too much. So when he come out, I was like, oh, gosh. All right, it's Roman Reigns again. But 
as a human being, you've got to be pumped that the man. Yeah, the man's is in beat remission. cancer not once now, but now twice now. Yeah. It's gone in remission so, for him. So you got to get that. You that's a thumbs up right man. there. That's and what everything he's went through. You know, you 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 got to be happy that that he's back and healthy. I I think eventually they're gonna move him to SmackDown with this new uh, move into Fox in the fall. I think he could definitely put ratings on SmackDown. I I, I kind of think we've seen it. You've seen to me the the maybe it's just me. Maybe we'll see if you agree, Dan. Um, over the last year or so, I've watched both of them now again. Um, because I was like, WWE just doesn't have a good product. I started watching, I was watching uh, Ring of Honor and, and these other independent organizations. I was watching more Impact. I was watching whatever I could. Because WWE, I would turn it on. I'm like, what in the world is going on? This is just horrible. This is not the WWE that I know. you know. And so I kind of boycotted them for a while. And then I got back into it. And I've noticed that. You know, they always say Raw's the number one show in the two brands that they've got. Or, the th- well, you can throw NXT, I guess, in as the third brand, I guess. Their two top main event shows is Raw and SmackDown. And I was looking, I'm like, SmackDown's got better storylines, better creative. They got some, the matches are better. Um, things were just a little bit better. And then they announced they have this big deal with Fox. So they're now on main big-time cable network. They're on a big-time network. They're one of the top networks. And uh, so, yeah, I think you're right. That might be that Roman's shifting to go to SmackDown because they're going to want to make probably make it SmackDown, you know, because they're going to be on Fox. Well, I think one of the advantages of SmackDown, I think three hours for Raw, and I understand why they do three hours because of that money from USA and all those, and all those sponsorships, but three hours is way too long for a weekly show. Yeah, because you're sort of kind of like, there's, what do I do? There's too much room for that that fluff that nobody likes. Those matches where people, you know, get up, okay, this is when I'm going to go to the bathroom, or this is when I'm going to get up and go get me a snack or something to drink. Right. And I think three hours is way too much. I think it's easier, it's more efficient to tell a story in, in less than three hours, yes. two hours. I think two hours is the max you can get. You can go from start to finish. Deliver what the message you want to deliver, and get on out to the to the next town. And you know, SmackDown will be moving to Fridays when it goes to Fox. And I just think that putting someone like Roman Reigns on SmackDown to carry that division, you know, carry that brand going into the new network is going to be where he goes. Yes. So that's why I think that Seth Rollins will be the Universal Champion, and Roman Reigns will be the WWE Champion. Eventually, yeah, will be the WWE Champion. Yeah. And. There's also been talk about NXT going to FS1. I think that might be why you're seeing these NXT guys on Raw and SmackDown. Not ne- and we're going to talk about that later. Um, but I definitely think that there's a possibility that they move NXT to FS1 with that big deal from Fox. And if so, I hope they don't expand it to maybe an hour and a half show. I, I, I don't want them to mess up because... Well, Triple H has the keen ability to tell a story and keep everyone's stories relevant when not using everybody every every week. Exactly, because I'm like, when I watch NXT, it's only an hour. And you're like, oh, there's no Velveteen Jim this week. Well, what's going on with Velveteen What's Dream? going on with Velveteen? So, so you, 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 sh- you show up and next week. That's one NXT. thing where I like watching NXT because, you know what, you got that hour show, you go from 
beginning to end and you're like, I want more. Exactly. You know, maybe not three hours worth of it, but I need to just a little, maybe just like a, said, a half, th- half hour, hour more, hour and a half something hour. to maybe to get your top stars on, on your program every week. At some point, even Raw and SmackDown, your top stars get on there. Some they may not wrestle, but you're gonna cut a promo. You're gonna they're gonna do something. You're gonna get them in, uh, get them on there. And uh, that's what I'm with NXT. It's like I always leave. I want something more. I want more. Just a little bit more. You're giving me a lot, but I just need just a little bit more with NXT. Well, let's talk about NXT for a minute. Then we'll get back to the other um, thing that we're gonna talk about. I don't necessarily think these four guys that we've seen, Aleister Black, Ricochet, Tommaso Ciampo, and Johnny Gargano, I don't necessarily think that they are on the main roster for good. Well, no, because you still – we all know that Velveteen Dream is – if you've watched NXT, Velveteen Dream last week beat Johnny Gargano for the North American title. So Johnny doesn't have that title no more. So what that means to me, I'm like, well, that opens them up to be on the roster, on the main roster. So now what do you do with Ciampo? Does Chapo drop the belt at the next takeover? Um, are you building that up? Because I really don't – they haven't really spoke on who is going to challenge him because you know there's going to be a takeover Brooklyn or whatever they're going to call it for Mania. Well, that's why I think that they may not be coming up. That makes me leave – maybe they are going to get on FS1 with that big Fox, that billion-dollar deal. That, yeah. They want more content. And if you put NXT on television – and a lot of people, you know, the mainstream fans that are just – not everybody has the network. No, yeah, not everybody has the network, so they don't know these NXT guys. So you might see more NXT guys wrestling on Raw or SmackDown. Which is fine, which is fine. But you know. the problem I have with it is the way these guys have been booked the last few weeks they've been up. Why would you put Gargano and Ciampa in a match against the bar? Look at the size difference. They made Ciampa and Gargano look like children out there, size-wise. You, you put them in a ring. If you want Gargano and Ciampa to be in a tag match, you put them in a tag match on SmackDown versus the Usos versus yeah, New the, Day. Yeah, the size factor was the a mismatch. Size factor. It was a mismatch match. The size factor, they just didn't. You know, as the in the boxing ring or the MMA world, the tail of the tape just didn't add up. It looked like the tail of the tape, and it all looked as straight up the bar was going to just destroy them. And the bar worked them over pretty good, but by the end of the night, the Champo and, and Johnny uh, took care of business and beat the bar. And uh, But, yeah, you're right. They, they're not – to me, they're not – it's a little questionable how they're booking them, but they're also booking them in – And then you advertise a Gargano-Cesaro match – and I think you might have got that point from that tag team match because that Cesaro-Gargano match didn't happen this week after being advertised. Right. And I also don't like the way they were booking Aleister Black when they had him fight Elias. Two totally different styles. If you want to showcase these guys' as talents, you put them in a ring that, they, that they'll have a good match with. Not saying it wasn't a good match, but their styles just don't match. And well, it made it, it, it looked like their chemistry was off. You put them on SmackDown against Andrade, and I know he's wrestled Andrade in the past, but they have a history. Their styles. Actually, I think Alistair beat Andrade for the NXT title before Andrade came to the main roster, so they have a history. But their styles complement each other. Alistair Black and Elias' styles don't complement each other. You could have had a lot uh, Alistair Black against Finn Balor, Apollo uh, Cruz. 
you you could have had him against Seth Rollins. You could have had him against someone that sh- maybe not Seth Rollins, but you want to keep him 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 on the top until until Mania. But put him against somebody that his style complements him, and then you put them both in tag matches against the Raw Tag Team Champions and have the Raw Tag Team Champions job out two weeks. In, two weeks in, in, in a, a row. row. Two weeks in a row, you're ta- that's where it says where the definitely convinced does not like tag team wrestling, and that's just so sad that you have your Raw Tag Team Champions two weeks in a row, lay it down, lay it down two weeks in a row. So everything that the Revival has done to re-energize that tag team division just been sweeped out from underneath them when you have them lose – to the four guys from NXT. Okay. Well, here, okay. No disrespect, the four guys from NXT should come in and win every match that they're on, but put them in a match but I against think anybody also, but the tag champions. Revival also, now, you're talking about the Revival now. Yes. Where before, because the Revival is a classic tag team wrestling. They're classic tag team wrestling all the way. But now, since these, especially these last two weeks, and then how they, working up to how they got to it, got to the champions, you're talking about them now. The heat's on them now. You're talking about them. You're getting – yeah, they laid down. They, you know, they laid down. They jobbed two weeks in a row against NXT guys. Okay, fine. But you know what? You're talking about the revival And now. I understand the what they're going to go with it is, oh, we're undefeated in title matches. Nobody can beat us in a title match. That's the only way they can go from here with the revival. Right. But you also got to give them some type of good tag team match. So what about the Hall of Fame? Hall of Fame predicted correctly. The newest member, the newest inductee was announced, the Honky Talk Man, the longest reigning intercontinental champion, was announced as the second member of the class of 2019 for the WWE Hall of Fame. Very well-deserving yes. of the Honky Talk yes. Man. Yes, yes, yes. Honky Talk Man, when he came to WWE, he got a real big push right off the bat. Um, when he beat Ricky Steamboat for that Intercontinental title. Because I think that's when Ricky was getting ready to leave WWE again Ricky and go head back to WCW. To going back to WCW, and they put that title on Honk Tonk Man, and I believe he still has the longest consecutive title reign. It does. I know Miz has passed him for concurrent title reign. Yes, but he does still hold Miz, that record. That but record. I think for consecutive title reign. Yes. Because um, that, that was a stretch there for years that nobody could beat the Honky Tonk Man. He was in some great storylines and great matches. He was in there with Jake. the Ma- Jake the Snake Roberts, Macho Man Randy Savage. Uh, the list goes on and on that he was with with those guys that were in that mid-card range. And uh, he had some great runs with some with some great wrestlers, you know. Um, and But Honky got over on the fans very well. Uh People think, well, no, that Elvis thing ain't going to work. That no, no, but it worked. Honky, Honky's still today. Honky's still out there. You'll see him on the independent circuits. He's still out there, shake, rattle, and rolling his his way as through. As the honky talk man, as the honky talk man, he still gets out there. You'll see him somewhere in some high school gymnasium or some uh, VFW hall or some uh, civic center in a small town. You'll see the honky talk man there, shake, rattle, and rolling. And uh, good for him because he was always, even though he was a heel, he was always one of those guys. I always loved, uh, you know, I always loved the Honky Tonk Man. Back when 
wrestling was just starting to convert over. Actually, maybe he was one of those guys before that was making that turn to that the entertainment the side. The entertainment. He definitely Cause, cause, was know, one of the first in WWE. I think Macho Man was the actual first, but he he was in that that short list of guys who not only could entertain you in the ring, he could entertain you outside. Yes, the ring. he could make he could cut some promos. He had some classic promos with the late great Mean Gene Okerlund. Um he had some elaborate in, you know he had some elaborate uh, entrances, entrances with the pink Cadillac, and and then he had, uh, you know, he had Peggy Sue, and he had uh, he had uh, his manager, the Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. And what and what a great team that was, you Jimmy know, Hart and Jimmy Hart. Uh, to me, if, when we'll do it, I'm not going to give it away right now, but Jimmy Hart would be to me on one of the, that Mount Rushmore, one of the greatest managers in the history of professional wrestling because he's laid he's been in the corner of so many greats. And uh and you know back in those mid the the mid to late 80s the WWE would cut those promos outside those elaborate promos that the WWE would do with their wrestlers they would put those you know outside of the ring uh, uh, those little always, skits and videos those little skits and videos honky tonk man that they would do for they would play on the wrestling challenges and the prime times and they were all great honky tonk man was what like you said probably macho man was the first but honky tonk man definitely took it to he was definitely on that short he was on that short list back in the day that was taking it to that next level to that entertainment realm uh, so yes, Honky Tonk Man, well deserving of his inducted into the Hall and, of Fame. And I would say it'd be fitting that Jimmy Hart's the one that inducts him. Well, that that would be see, great. That would. That, I don't see who else WWE no. could get to induct him other than Jimmy Hart. Yeah. I know Jimmy Hart just inducted uh, Hibbley Jim a few years ago, but I, I don't think you could have anybody else induct Honky Tonk Man than Jimmy Hart. No, no, not at all. Because he was part of that. Uh, Jimmy had a. A stable, you know, they had stables. Managers had stables, and Honky Tonk Man was one of them. Jimmy Hart's stable that he had during that time, and uh, so yeah, it, it would be the best. That would probably be the only best, unless it was uh, somebody that one of those uh, opponents that he always, you know, we don't know. It'll be yeah. that'll be the surprise at the at the ceremony at the Barclays Center um, the night before WrestleMania. And another Honky Tonk Man story. After the podcast here, I want you guys to Google. The Tupelo Concession Bra from 1979. Yes. Ben, uh, ben, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, that was Mid-South Wrestling. And as we all know, if you're WWE fans or you're a member of WWE, that Mid-South, there's a bunch of Mid-South uh, old matches on there. And one of the biggest stars from Mid-South Wrestling was Jerry Lawler, which he was Jerry Lawler back then, but then he became the king, Jerry Lawler. But uh, Jerry Lawler was uh, – Speaking of this match, it was in 1979 at the Tupelo Sports Arena in Tupelo, Mississippi, and uh, which was the birthplace of Elvis Presley. That's just another added fact. But Jerry the King, Jerry the Lawler, well, let me say Jerry Lawler because that's what he was, and uh, Bill Dundee, they were the Southern Tag Team Champions, and they were taking on their arch rivals, uh, the Blonde Bombers, Wayne Ferris and Larry Latham. Wayne Ferris is Hongy Tonk Man. That's That's... His that's name. just our yes. That's his real name is Wayne Ferris. That's his shoot name. And uh, if you, the videos I've we've seen that if it's on YouTube, they're not the best quality of looking at faces. But that is Wayne Ferris. That's the honky tonk man. And uh, well, of course they're from 1979. Right. So they're not. The and best um, but he's blonde. 
Beach Blonde. You, you, everybody knows him as the jet black, grease back. But you won't miss the you, you can't won't miss mi- the long. Chops. You won't miss He's the chops. He's had them forever. Those. Still has them. But anyway, uh, this match they were the that was the ri- the big rivalry in Mid South Wrestling at the time for the tag team championships. And there's uh, a little controversial ending to that. A match. little fast count by the referee. They declared uh, the bl- the Blonde Bombers the winners, and Jerry the King Lawler. Well, Jerry the King Lawler. That's what we all know him as. Jerry Lawler and Bill Dundee decides to uh, as as they're leaving, going to the back. Match is over. They're, they decide. Well, you know what? Won. We're not happy about this. We're gonna just take it out on you because we don't like you. And uh, so the little brawl wind up in the concession stand at the Tupelo Sports Arena. And uh, they brawl back in the concession stand, hit you with everything from hot dogs, peanuts, uh, whatever they could. Popcorn. They All four of them were a bloody the, mess. The popcorn maker. Uh, anything they could grab back there, they just – they was four men that did not like each other, and that's old school wrestling at its finest. Um, all you old school aficionados, check it out. Uh, check it out on YouTube. You'll find it. You just uh, look up a Tupelo concession stand match, and boom, first thing there pops up, Jerry Lawler. And, and that's uh, another way to that I was saying how entertaining he is. Yeah. Even back then when they decide to, you know what, after the match is over and, and it has that controversial ending, let's go end up fighting the concession yeah, stand. Yeah, let's, let's just take out our frustrations. Let's just go do this. And that concession stand brawl has been duplicated several times since then. As recently it's as Daniel Bryan in, and AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles, NWA seventy when Nick Aldis and Cody Rhodes had their two out of three fall match, they ended up in the concession stand at one point during that match. It has happened several times since then, but that was the original concession stand brawl. And Google it. I'm telling you, it's, it's, like I said, yeah. the quality's not that good. The quality's actually, not that good. It's it. They kind of get it toward the. They middle actually to the go end. away from the match. They actually match it fades to black, and but you still hear them talking. They said, "Get the cameras rolling. Get the cameras rolling." And then you can see all four of them in the concession stand, just going at each other. They're all a bloody mess. It's great. I, I definitely. Uh, that's old school wrestling at its finest. Uh, that's the way they, Googling That's that. the way you settle it out on the territories in the South back in the day, and. Uh, that's some good old school wrestling right there. So, uh, anybody else you think is going to go in? Any any more pre- any more predictions? I know you did call Honky Tonk Man last I week. I did call Honky Tonk Man. I think I'm still going to call the Hart Foundation, Brett the Hitman Hart, and Jim the Anvil Nightheart. I'm, okay. I'm gonna still stick still with that go one. With them? Um, I still haven't. I know there's going to be at least some surprise. There is every year, um, and uh, but I still I'm going I'm to stick since I'm one for one right now. <laughs> I'm one for one in my predictions. I'm going to still stick with the Hart Foundation, Jim the Anvil, Nightheart, and Brett the Hitman Hart. Well, I, I had said previously that I think Vader is is a worthy entrant into the Hall of Fame. I've been going pretty hard on Twitter at the Dan Brewer of tweeting WWE, tweeting Vince, tweeting Triple H, tweeting Stephanie, tweeting Shane, whoever I, I can tweet. I, I know they're probably not reading it, but I'm still doing it. And people are retweeting it. Um, It'll Taz, get to them. They'll Taz, see it. Taz and Christian. I think definitely Taz and Christian, they're uh, they're both uh, deserving of going to the Hall of Fame. So I still think Vader is, is a good one. Taz and Christian are the three guys that I think deserve to go in. I do agree with the Hart Foundation. I told you last week I agreed with Honk Top Man, and then Honk Top Man happened. But I do believe that. Taz, Christian, and Vader are, are definitely worthy 
entrance into the into the Hall of Fame. I'm sure at some point this week we'll probably on Raw or SmackDown we'll probably get another announcement on uh, who's. Uh, well, as you see how they've been breaking, ESPN broke DX and CBS Sports broke Hockey Talk Man. So I'm sure another outside. So someone in WWE is calling ESPN. Oh, and CBS you know, Sports and saying we're inducting this person in the Hall of Fame. I mean, you still see. ESPN right now. So Fox Sports the next one? It could be <laughs> Fox Sports because you know they have a deal with them, so you never know um, who will uh, who will announce the next entrance into the Hall of Fame for Class of 2019. Um, you want to, let's get into the, as I like to refer to, the Elite Report on the latest news of All Elite Wrestling. So this week on the road to Double or Nothing, which is the YouTube show of Cody Rhodes on his YouTube channel, The Nightmare Family. If you haven't uh, subscribed yet, go subscribe to The Nightmare Family. Also uh, subscribe to Being the Elite. On Being the Elite this week, they did confirm Young Bucks versus Lucha Brothers. As you predicted last week. It will be the Young Bucks versus Pentagon and Ray Phoenix. At Double or Nothing, the whole thing behind that is the Young Bucks say that they're the best tag team in the world, and the Lucha Bros say they're the best tag team in the world. They actually cost the Lucha Brothers their AAW Tag Team Championship to LAX wow. uh, this, this past weekend, so they made it official that it is going to be Young Bucks Lucha Bros at Double or Nothing. They also announced a newest female talent that has been added to the roster, B. Presley. She is known as the most booked independent female wrestler of 2018. If you haven't seen her, Google her, watch some of her matches. She plays the great heel woman wrestler. That's probably why she's the best. She's the most booked. Both books starring independence. And when they called her, Brandy called her and told her that they are looking for her to debut at their July pay-per-view, Fight for the Fallen, that will be in Jacksonville. So she won't be at Double or Nothing. I think they've kind of already got the card set for Double or Nothing on who's going to be in it. But she will debut in the Fight for Fallen paper. And now there's some history with Brandy Rose and B. Presley. When Brandy came back from her broken collarbone and she went on her comeback tour, B. Presley kicked her in the face. <laughs> Almost like a Seamus Bro kick. Knocked Brandy out. Ooh. So and, wait, maybe Brandy will get in the they ring? they did mention that on the call. Cody Rhodes stepped in on the call and said, do you, do you remember when you kicked my wife in the face and you knocked her out? She's like, oh, I'm sorry for that. And Cody's like, don't be. Don't That's be. what we want here. That's what we want. So they are kind of hinting at maybe Brandy Rose B. Presley at Fight for the Fallen because Brandy did say she's going to get in the ring, just not at double or, uh, double or nothing. So I, I, I don't want to say it, but I, I will kind of predict. Like I said, there's nothing set in stone, but I wouldn't be surprised if you have Brandy Rose B. Presley at Fight for the Fallen in Jacksonville. Also, a big announcement that was made by All Elite Wrestling was their partnership with a company called Culture City. 
Now, Culture City is not affiliated to wrestling. They are a company that helps children and adults that have sensory issues, autistic um, people, people that have anxiety, bad social anxiety where they can't be around big crowds. And they've done this. I know they have an agreement with the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, and there's other sporting events. Noelle Foley tweeted out that she's worked with Culture City for the last four years. So basically they have these sensory bags that they have available at all the events that Culture City is aligned with. And now they're aligned with AEW. So going forward, all of AEW events will have these sensory bags. And inside these sensory bags will be noise-deafening headphones. There will be stress balls. Things that help people that have sensory issues. To get over their... their to get over their fear so they yes. can come out and enjoy some professional wrestling. This has been a big hit with the T-Mobile arena. A lot. There's of, nothing like a live event of a professional wrestling. No, and the, the television NFL, does does do it justice. The NFL uses this. Major League Baseball uses this. Uh, the NBA uses it. This is the first professional wrestling company to use the uh, Culture City to to make their events a little bit easier for everyone to attend. So hats off. That was a all. That's Brandy great. Rhodes, the chief brand officer. That's a great for AW. thing. AWE, AWE, or, Zala, or all elite, is doing things the right way. They they want to get people here. That uh, that's a great thing. That's definitely a great thing. That to get people that love professional wrestling, have these type of issues, and um, can the, still go out to the. They can still come to it. a live event and enjoy it. What they see on television. So that's a great, great thing. Great, great thing. We also got some mother-breaking news from the we, WWE. We have a couple of things from the WWE that I want to talk about. But, again, before I move on to the WWE, go on YouTube, subscribe to the Nightmare Family and Being the Elite YouTube pages. If you want to see the culmination of what's leading up to Double or Nothing and learn more about AEW, they're doing a good job on those two channels. Kind of tell them the story without having a TV deal of what's going on in All Elite Wrestling. So, uh, so doing it differently. Doing it differently. So definitely go subscribe to Being the Elite and the Nightmare Family. But in WWE, on SmackDown, you saw Matt Hardy make a return. Him and Jeff Hardy were together as um, Team Extreme. Matt looks in terrific shape. Uh, yes. And Matt had been tweeting out about counting down 17 days, 12 days, about his contract, their contracts being up with the WWE. Well, there was a clause in this contract that was set to expire on the 5th of March that WWE could extend it for a year, kind of like how in baseball and football. They like an option. Like club option. Club option. Yep. So WWE picked up this option on the Hardy Boys, so they'll be under contract for another year. It looks like Matt is going back for right now to the uh, Team Extreme Matt Hardy version of his character getting away from the Woken Matt. Uh, but they still delete. They delete. He's, he still does delete. Jeff always did delete whether he was with them or not, but I think they are going to go as a run again. I think they've had the Raw tag team titles. I think they want, before they leave, have the SmackDown tag team titles. So you might see in the next year them win the SmackDown tag team titles because Jeff has knocked off some of his single 
um, aspirations off the list. He won the United States title, which made him a Grand Slam champion. He was in a Hell in a Cell match. He was in a Elimination Chamber match. So he's knocking off some of the matches that he's always wanted to do in WWE. Now they can get back together, win the SmackDown title, so they can say they've been both Raw and SmackDown champions. Right, and every great tag tag team always wants to um, hit that pinnacle, hit that peak, and then the, the best of the best and by far the best of the best always will be in tag team wrestling is the Legion of Doom, the Road Warriors, and everybody wants to reach that pinnacle and get the most titles they possibly can. And and it just helps Matt and Jeff's resume for when they do end up hanging them up that they're first ballot Hall of Famers into the, yeah, into the Hall of Fame. You know. They would definitely headline a Hall of Fame. Another thing I wanted to talk about is some little bit of NXT news. NXT has announced that they are going to have a takeover event. And takeover event, you're saying, well, Dan, they do takeover events. Whenever there's a major WWE pay-per-view, they have a takeover event that weekend. Well, on June 8th, they have announced NXT TakeOver San Jose. There is not a WWE pay-per-view that weekend, so this is a standalone NXT show. Good, they can stand alone. And this event will take place on Ju- apparently will take on place June 8th from San Jose and they're doing this without a WWE major event. So again, I think it's a way that you help showcase NXT, which is another reason why I think that they are going to eventually be on uh They're FS- pushing to be the third FS1. brand. They're pushing to be the quintessential third brand uh for WWE. And that they can stand alone. They uh, can stand alone. So I definitely think this is another factor that's going into, and I think you might see more talent on SmackDown and Raw. I think you might see maybe Undisputed Era. Uh, I think you might see uh, Velveteen Dream. I think you might see Io Shirai and Kari Sane. They they might get a, um, a tag team title match uh, because Becky and, and Sasha were on NXT this week. Bailey. They're gonna def- Bailey. <laughs> Bailey. I got Becky on the brain. I know. Be- Becky's always on the brain, everybody. But they Bailey don't know and Charlotte were on NXT. They're going to defend the titles on NXT. They said they're going to put them across the board, all so three. So I-, I definitely can see them crossing over. And I might even, you might even see some NXT UK uh, women cross over to Raw and SmackDown just to build those The brands. former NXT UK women's champion, Rhea Ripley, got the big pop at the Rumble yep. when she entered the Rumble. So looking to see her. Uh, you don't know. So yeah. I definitely think you're going to see more NXT talent, but having a standalone pay-per-view, which doesn't coincide with a WWE pay-per-view, definitely tells you something's, something's in the works. They're trying to showcase NXT a little bit, which NXT is probably the best brand, if we want to be honest. Uh, Triple H is Triple- left alone uh, running that. Thank God. And now with Bruce Pritchard, back as Vince's right-hand man, and I think he brought Bruce Pritchard back for to be the head of creative on the main roster because God. Vince is going to have to take a step back. And go to, uh, to XFL. To help XFL out. Because he now has a rival with XFL, so he's got to go do his full Vince McMahon attention on that. So uh, we got some great things coming uh, up. Um we're definitely the next show will be a fast lane preview show. Yes, the card should be locked down this week, officially locked down. We'll talk about it. We'll break it down, uh, and always we'll continue the 
the Becky Lynch saga, the, the women's the women's division is always uh, top. Uh, it's been our top discussion every show. It <laughs> seems like because it's carrying the company. It's carrying the company right now. You got some influx. You got you had Roman Reigns out with dealing with his uh, with his leukemia. You got Seth Rollins right now dealing with a back injury. He's trying. He's healing up. That's why you haven't seen him in the ring. Um, and he's trying to heal up so he can be at full one hundred percent strength to be to take on Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. So there's a lot of influx right now. So that's why the women's division right now. In some people's minds, which is in our minds, that is carrying this company right now. So um, we'll always talk about that, and uh, we got more things to tell. Them. We got so we'll keep touching on some old school wrestling. We got that uh, Mount Rushmore coming, uh, tag team uh, Mount Rushmore coming. We got a lot more things coming because, uh, because you know, we're on the road to WrestleMania for WWE. Things are breaking every weekly for with all elite wrestling. We're keeping you up to date on that. We're keeping you up to date on everything that happens in the world of professional wrestling. As always, we are the brothers of the D. I'm Big Ben. I'm D. Dan Brewer. And this is The Gimmick Table. We'll see you next time. <laughs>